Hold on. Welcome to episode 47 of Spoken Word with Electronics. <laughs> Nothing to complain about this week. Very happy with how this week went. This week has been pretty good. There, I have to move just the smallest pieces of... This is where my cables are at right now. Very managed. That's nothing. That's like 20 cables. Just to give you a little closure on the, uh, the cables of last week. And last week was a busy week getting back to life after uh, not having any power for a while. Although one part of getting back to life is talking with friends and realizing some people had it so much more dire. The cold in Texas completely flipped out a writer for The Guardian and there's a, a story on The Guardian. Let me get the accurate title here. They have a headline with a section heading for Texas and the headline is, Shivering under a pile of six blankets I finally lost it, colon, my week in frozen Texas hell. <laughs> we were cold. I, one thing that I think people had happen most that I'm finding out from sort of just like talking to other people is the, uh, the tankless water heater. During the last week, many tankless water heaters exploded geysers of water geysers of water the tankless water heater it's a very very of the moment purchase if you have to get a water heater you're like i'm, I'm gonna go tankless tankless in texas and so a lot of people i know have gotten the tankless and we actually had the discussion my wife and i about the tankless water heater because our water heater like all things in life Life is like a water heater. Having a water heater is actually getting to see something mortally die in your lifetime. You know, if you don't have a pet or if you don't have a relationship or family or friends and you're like, I've never seen anything die, get a water heater because they have a 100% fatality rate. It's weird. The oldest water heaters last a lot longer. So you will find houses with like a 60-year-old water heater in it. Not all of them, and I wouldn't drink the water out of that. Not that you should drink hot water. Because of uh, some of the contaminants and poisons that come from heating the, the water and other stuff. Aluminum toxicity is actually the problem. We'll discuss later anode rods. And you can have healthy anode rods, which are magnesium. We'll also discuss that. You can also get an aluminum anode rod. Which some people suggest leaks aluminum into the hot water supply. If you drink the hot water, you pose the risk of drinking aluminum, which might contribute to Alzheimer's and some other things. That's the current thought on why you shouldn't drink the hot water. Most water heaters, modern water heaters, die pretty quick, seven to 10 years, maybe 20. And then you have the water heater discussion. Very interesting. And right now, most of the people I know, my wife and myself included, had the, hey, what about tankless? And so we looked at tankless water heaters a pretty large amount. And 
One thing that was funny about looking at him is suddenly he became a tankless water heater expert, which was very, that's a great opportunity. It doesn't take a lot to learn a lot about tankless water heaters. And I'm leading up to something about some missing knowledge when you become a tankless water heater genius, as many people seem to become, and I've become one too. The opportunity right now for you to become a tankless water heater genius is just to consider getting a tankless water heater while other people are considering perhaps upgrading their water heater or their water heater is broken. You suddenly will tell them genius tankless water heater facts. And a lot of it starts with, well, do you realize how much water you save because you only use the water you need for a shower? And people are like, well, that is interesting because I know that regular water heater runs uh, 60 gallons, 80 gallons, hundreds of gallons of water that you have to constantly heat. And so you say to them, then think about all the energy savings from not having to keep that water hot. And typically those two things, water conservation and heat, water heat energy costs, where people are like, well, I'm getting a tankless water heater, and damn it, if it doesn't look more efficient and more future-based than this weird kind of iron lung that we shove into a cabinet. That's another thing. If you ever want to do an old film with an iron lung in it, a really easy, great prop is just to use a water heater. And you wouldn't really need to do much of anything other than get rid of the water heater's feet. And you'd need to drill a hole for a kid or the actor playing the polio victim. You can't just put them in the water heater or on top of it. You have to get them inside of it. So there would be a little assembly there, but any uh, entry-grade metal worker could make a pretty good hole for a head to pop through there. I would be very careful, of course, to finish off the edges and put some uh, foam or something in between there to keep, you know, a terrible throat cutting injury happening from your iron lung scene but iron lungs are a really interesting way to add any kind of mystery or sympathy depending on the subject into a film there have been a couple movies where you know somebody just walks into a room and somebody's in an iron lung and if you don't expect it, it is certainly one of the most unexpected <laughs> plot details so iron lungs very good stage prop especially if you're working on a on a play that would be great somebody's in an iron lung the whole play but they're interacting because it's just during polio and they're just in the iron lung nobody even mentions it it's just a uh, play based in a period of time where iron lungs were common enough that maybe they'd be in the living room and uh, you never really explain it. it's just uh, oh sally got in the iron lung if you want to do that kind of play it's easy just to use a present-day water heater. And so we right now have a water heater in our cabinet where if I really got it within me, the dream to do the iron lung scene, I have uh, the iron lung right there. I wouldn't want to destroy my iron lung or my water heater by drilling a hole through it. Whew, so I would probably have to CGI something or, or maybe even just use really bad special, special effects. effects. Like a, a rubber, rubber mask on a mannequin head and use like claymation or something in the scene with real live action. So it sort of looks like a Harryhausen kind of monster movie from the 50s or 60s.
This episode of Spoken Word with Electronics is brought to you by Vresky Mastering. Based in Berlin and available to experimental musicians worldwide, Vresky Mastering is a human-based music improvement service specializing in finalizing your mixes. The weirder or more wonderful your work, the better. Visit VereskyMastering.com. That's V-A-R-E-S-C-H-I Mastering.com for more information. Well, anyway, what I'm trying to say is however far I want to plan out this iron lung scene, I have the water heater because we opted to not get a tankless water heater. And upon reflection after this week, I'm pleased that we didn't get the tankless water heater because I have a number of friends who had theirs explode or by explode, I mean, just start to like uh, vomit out water, <laughs> not drool. Like imagine if you just like burped up a huge like belly worth of water and it had to come out your mouth. That sort of like drainage from the, uh, the tankless water heater is like endless. That's what it looks like when they burst. I imagine the connection to the thing that like pulls in water just bursts too. So it becomes very uh, excessive and just water shooting out. But, but anyway, I saw a couple videos of friends, tankless water heaters just destroying themselves this week. And the reason is not because tankless water heaters are designed to fail in the cold weather. They're actually designed to do okay in it, but you have to do a couple things. You have to turn it off and you have to empty it and then you have to also defrost it. Or maybe emptying and defrosting are the same thing, but basically you make it dry and nothing will happen if you get to it at the time. But those are electrical processes and so I, there's some sad drama I know from friends who woke up with no power. I'm not la I'm just, I'm just laughing at the inanity of it, or just the sad tragedy of it, where you just sort of have to come to grips with what's going to happen. And they didn't have the power to turn off the water heater correctly or to press the button that would flush it. There was some sort of electrical process that the that required electricity in their tankless water heater. And that required pressing a button that was probably going to trigger the frost and also a button before that that would just empty it of water. They needed electricity for these things. But if they didn't do that, it would just remain being a full of water, outdoor exposed tankless water heater connected to the outside of their house. And the colder it went without any electricity, the more they would become aware of the fact that they can't turn their tankless water heater off and that it's going to burst at one point <laughs> if this cold continues. So that happened. So what I found interesting about it is while I had become a tankless water heater expert and so had all my friends, the depth of our tankless water heater expertise was all about just sort of water quality and energy conservation, but not just emergency preparation or, or the fact, you know, I mean, we would learn that it had to be outside the house, but. This is because of the carbon monoxide that it exhausts. You'll poison the house if you have it inside. You're just like, okay, so it lives outside the house. And that also requires having to run a separate water line, often a new water line that you're gonna have to install to go into the 
tankless water heater outside. That was ultimately what we chose not to go with it for. And very often you have to agree to a service contract where a maintenance individual has to come out every year to maintain and flush the water heater. If you have a water tank, you can flush your own water heater if it's a tank. You just, there's a nozzle there and you just empty it. Empty it with a hose connected to it. You can use yourself, but with a tankless water system, you have to go and have a professional visit every year for a service job like your own nozzle heater. So you can switch outside and water line and maintenance service attributes to it uh, being at least not economically efficient. Or I guess I should say specific to our location. That was a condition. And there are a couple indoor options for tankless water heaters, which are electric. That was one perspective we had in ultimately choosing a new water tank, not a tankless water heater. I think the farthest we got into tankless water heater genius was suddenly being able to talk with authority about the sandwiches in the water, which I thought was a great term. The sandwiches in the water or the pockets, the cold pockets in the water but they would also be called sandwiches. And I hear it like sort of like when you think about a sandwich, there's like something in the middle or something on the side or it's components. And there would be people, this was the thing with, where we were leery of the quality of the tankless water heater, despite how interesting the water savings component is, which I'm not gonna lie, is a big draw. You, you all wanna do your part, how, you know, granularly. It's always good to find just sort of granular, small examples of ways to save electricity or water or something. And in some ways, it also contributes to helping you not feel terrible about other stuff you're not doing. So when it's a provable action to care about the environment, it's nice just to do your small part, even if you can't do more. And there's a lot of stuff that I could do more of. But we were drawn to the water savings of the thing and then we found out about the cold water sandwiches cold water sandwiches that are inside the tankless water heater the cold water sandwiches inside the tankless water heater are sandwiches of cold water that sort of travel with the hot water and unexpectedly dump out onto you while you are taking hopefully a hot water shower or something like that. It could also be while you're doing the dishes. And they're just like pockets, little sandwiches of cold water that come from the way the energy works because it's flushing in water as it needs it, zapping it full of energy and pushing it along the pipeline to you. It happens at such an accelerated rate, especially during power draw from the shower. And it's giving you as much water you need as needed that there would be cold water every once in a while from the energy cycling. It wouldn't warm that one piece and it just would travel as cold water up the up the pipe. <laughs> kind of amazing to think about water moving that fast, but they don't merge, you know, cold and hot, just sort of travel together for that millisecond or maybe that second or two. And we just, yeah, I don't know, maybe it was like a preference thing. It's like, you know, I think we want to get a water heater instead. That was our decision. We had a 60 or so gallon water heater, so we weren't taking that much. But then what our water heater started to do when it was failing, right before we became cold water geniuses, or no, 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 not cold water geniuses. I, that would take years. What would a cold water genius do? He would probably drink water and say, that is cold. And there would probably be like one line there where it suddenly becomes warm or lukewarm. Cold water geniuses can probably tell that exact moment in a glass of water when it's still cold and not yet less cold to the point of being lukewarm. I would never call myself a cold water genius, 
But as I said, I felt pretty damn up to date with tankless water heaters. Enough that I could tell people about the cold water sandwich. Funny side story about that, or I guess actually closure on the exact story. We ended up getting a tank. But right before it died, the earlier one, the original hot water tank started to rumble a lot, and that was because of mineral deposits. So, if we were going to keep our water tank, we suddenly became water tank experts. We started to look things up, and that's very exciting because through this very active decision, I'd become an expert on two things, and I'd be able to be a part of conversation with people, and this is more, more common a conversation than you think. There's going to be a point in your life where most of the people you know as friends, when you go to their homes for a party, there will at least be three to four people talking about water heaters. Because, as I told you, having a water heater is having something that dies in your lifetime. <laughs> it's a visit to mortality. It is, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that don't die, but the water heater will. And ours started to die with the rumbling. And then it was starting to get a little rattly. And sometimes water cycles wouldn't last as long as they needed to. Biggest worry is that it would just fail and empty out 60 gallons of water onto our staircase. And so we started to look at a replacement, opting not to get a cold water sandwich. We opted to get a hot water tank. It's funny, in, in Texas, when you buy a hot water heater, you have to buy it up to code. <laughs> and the only reason I point this out is you would expect that uh, Texas leadership would feel the same way if they're going to put these laws on me following code law with things. You think that they would do that with the utilities that they manage taking shortcuts all over the fucking place, making this bad grid. But when we were looking at the hot water tanks, there are code laws that I have to follow. Being a human in Texas, that Texas doesn't apply to its own utilities. You would think that Texas is just completely sloppy about this stuff, but the way that if you're a Texan, you don't get to make those sort of decisions. Like, uh, And here's an example, if, if you are going to upgrade your water tank, we had to deal with a code updated water tank. We bought a 60 gallon tank for a failed 60 gallon tank, but our cabinet had a little space around it. And that was useful because when they brought in the 60 gallon tank, we found out that it was the size of an 80 gallon tank because that's how they re-code water heaters now. You have to have a tank around the tank. It's a tanked water tank. <laughs> and we have a tanked water tank that shows up at the house and we barely fit it. And it amounts to being about 80 gallons now in size. An 80 gallon tank that is empty can hold a 60 gallon water tank inside that you will then use. And that's a code compliance, you know. Let me tell you what we learned about and became water tank experts on the anode rod and let me tell you about our anode rods in our water tank we have a dual anode rod system 
and magnesium too, which is super cool because magnesium is probably one of the most important brain health minerals you can get. It's uh, really good for the neuroplasticity of the brain. And we got a magnesium anode rod in our replacement hot water water tank. We ended up going even two magnesium anode rods inside our water tank and it's called a dual rod anode rod magnesium installation. And we love it. The way that the anode rod works when you become a hot water tank genius, you start to learn about the anode rod. And the anode rod is sort of like this magnet inside your hot water tank and it just collects minerals, you know, as a way to keep it from knocking because if minerals collect on the very bottom of the tank, that's when you start getting the knocking and the weird stuff. And the anode rod, it's like a magnet, it just collects minerals. And we opted for a magnesium one because it's healthier. Uh, so if you are curious, you might want to find out if you have a magnesium anode rod. I can tell you, if I haven't told you already, I'm a hot water tank genius, and I can tell you right now, all water tanks have an anode rod. So uh, you can go look at your own water tank's anode rod and see how... Uh, well, actually, I don't think you can have vis visual access to it. Because you can drain the water heater, but you can't look up inside and look at its anode rod. But that's usually why you can't drink hot water is because if it's not magnesium, it's some very bad metal that will corrode the water. And uh, it's just sort of really bad for you or partially bad for you. It's on the list of bad things, but you can drink the magnesium one because we need so much magnesium in our body for one. And uh, it's a good mineral for your brain. So it's kind of cool if you drink your tap water, although you don't drink your hot water. But if you were, you'd be like, well, this is good for me, but it would probably make you sick. Anyway, I don't want to get you on a hot water uh, bender for the magnesium. Just eat avocados and spinach. Those are great magnesium sources. Don't drink your hot water. This is a PSA from Spoken Word with Electronics. Have an avocado. Have some spinach. Rich in magnesium, good for your mind and for your mood. But we really wanted to extend the life of our water heater and we got a dual anode rod and it keeps everything really good. So our water heater decision was to not get a tankless water heater on the outside of the house, but instead get a cabinet water heater replacement for our 60 gallon water heater, which came in an 80 gallon size and two magnesium anode rods. And it was far cheaper with all that amazing tricked out pimped details. <laughs> it was still uh, a couple thousand cheaper than a or something like that. It was mar it was a better deal too, uh, and it's been efficient. But the thing I learned this week is that a lot of people's hot water heaters, without having that button to turn it off and that button to defrost it, were stuck at their house, knowing that no matter what they did, their water heater maybe they could have turned the water off. I don't know. I think it has to flush its its amount of water out with the defrost thing or it's still gonna break. I'm not sure. A lot of them just had them fail. 
and they'd wake up to it or they'd forgotten about it too that would be terrible because a lot of people this is your first frost with the tankless water heater and so added to my tankless water heater genius this week is other things that i could say now if i have the tankless water heater conversation with people i can tell them about the ones that exploded water or just failed in the cold weather you got to drain it and defrost it is what i would say i'd probably be talking about it we'd all be talking about it and i'd be like yeah you know i've heard some new stuff about the tankless water heaters <laughs> And we've all had the tankless water heater conversation. It's one of those conversations that if you are socially anxious at the party, you just watch people have the conversation in front of you. And they're sort of just going through a conversation that they always have. And others, somebody else might have, and they might be the audience to it. It's just the tankless water heater conversation is one of those, you know. But now I can, have, I can say, well, you know, I have some new, I, I learned something new about the tankless water eaters. And I, it would actually be like, what, what? Like, it would be charming. It'd be like, man, this guy, that guy at the party, he knew something more about tankless water eaters. Because you have the conversation with people and it's really strange how, you know, how without any details it is beyond just like, they are great. You know, you can just sort of sit back and forth and smile with one another and be like, man, tankless water heaters. And they're like, oh, those are awesome. Yeah, we were thinking about getting a tankless water heater. Yeah, we were too. What do you know about them? One person will say to the other person in the ritual of the conversation. But one person will just then volley out. Yeah, they're great. What do you, what do you know about them? Tell me what you know. And so you might say, uh, well, they're... Uh, really water efficient I hear yeah yeah really water efficient yeah they're way better than a tank yeah man tanks tanks are so lame they'll say <laughs> you know I will say I was talking last week about the wood stove I'm sort of thinking about a wood stove right now the same way I considered the tankless water heater and that is comical to be sort of there thinking about it but yeah, I got the new tankless water heater fact. Uh, they explode in the cold weather unless you have an electricity source to uh, empty them and drain them and defrost them. At least that's what happened with the models. Of, or, you, or more simply, you just need to remember to completely drain them and defrost them. Or this will happen, and a lot of people not know to expect that they you know the depth of of what people were told about was uh drip faucets if you can and external faucets if you can so maybe you might drip your tankless water heater or something the faucet inside it i don't know i don't know what i would have had to do fortunately i don't have to consider about it because as i tell you uh we didn't get one we got a brand new 60 uh, gallon tank a couple of years ago it's about the size of an 80 gallon size tank have I had this conversation with you before? Because it seems like whenever I would go, ever since we made that decision, when we went and talked to people about that things, it, yeah, that would become a part of the conversation when the ritualistic uh, discussion of the tankless water heaters would just sort of happen. And I'm talking about with any group of people. I bet it's happening to you right now. I bet you've had a tankless water heater conversation with someone in the last two years. Don't lie. Or be proud of it. 
Or maybe not. Maybe I live in such a weird, isolated section of the world. Consciously. Consciousnessly. Maybe that my plague, my inner psychological horror is that that's the only conversation I am allowed to have with anyone for small talk. So it's not a terrible dilemma as narratives go. I just have to have significant or real conversations with people. But imagine the only small talk you're ever allowed to have with somebody is about tankless water heaters. And the only thing you can ever say about them is this list of facts. This is all you're ever able to say in this conversation is they are great. Tankless water heaters, yeah, they are great. We've been thinking about getting one. We have two. So that order already gets started by the first person saying we're thinking about getting one. And then the second person goes, we are two. And that sets up the volley for the first person then to send a question to the second person. Yeah, what do you know about him? And then in this reality where this is the only small talk you're allowed to have, you can only say, I hear they're really, really good for water. Yeah, I have heard that too. I hear they're really energy saving too. Yeah, me as well. And then you discuss the differences. And then you can talk about that for a few minutes, but then you have to say, oh, but you know, I, I hear about the cold water sandwich. And the cold water sandwich, when I would have the conversations or in this reality where that is the only small talk I'm allowed to have, the cold water sandwich is the only relief that I feel during that conversation because it's the joke. You know, there's a lot of anxiety going into the the tankless water heater conversation. And it's strange because it's it's written. Have you ever lived a moment in your life where you're like, that is just, it's uh, like you walk, you're wearing skates and you just walk into a track and the, the, the track, you have to skate through the whole track <laughs> to get through that conversation. There's no power of independence there. That's sort of one of those things. And so I get to say, well, yeah, I hear about the cold water sandwich, though. That's what I hear is the biggest issue with them. And I say it dry, and it's always a good joke. People are like, what? What do you hear about it? And I get to talk about the cold water sandwich. I'm recounting a conversation. Last time I socialized with somebody, I'm now actually talking about what it means. It's been nearly a year, so I'm now talking about what it means to socialize at a party. Maybe you were born during the pandemic, and it has yet to finish. And so you're still wondering, what was a socializing event like? I'm telling, for those of you who have never had it before, I speak of the older times when we went to parties and just would have these meaningless conversations. But it would be pleasant because you'd be in the company of people you care about. And who cares what they're talking about or saying? They're just talking about their, you know. But yes, in my current reality dilemma, when I see these people, I can either say something sincere like, hey, what are you doing? How have you been feeling? What's, uh, what, what are, what are you up to? Tell me something. Those kinds of conversations, like deep interest in the other person. Or I have to look around the party for the tankless water heater conversation, which is for the people who don't have that much interest in other people. 
<laughs> so they have to have the small talk conversation and that's the whole conversation. At that point, I would be stuck in that conversation and I would only be able to say cold water sandwich. That would be a joke, that moment. I hear about the cold water sandwich and then I would tell everyone and I would be like, well, that is interesting. And then if I really wanted to keep the conversation going, I could then tell the tanked conversation about how we got a 60 gallon tank, but we ended up, because it was a newer tank, law was you couldn't buy a 60 gallon tank like that. All water tanks have to have a, sort of like a double case uh, seal for pollution purposes, a very positive reason to get one uh, with that. So, but anyway, so the 60 gallon tank would be the 80 gallon tank. And then people, we would talk to you, see how serious you have to be when you're talking about the water tank. You have to be very careful too, because you're surrounded by people who prefer tankless water tanks, tankless water tanks. None of them really have one, but just sort of they've made that decision <laughs> as a group. We're having the conversation about the tankless water tank because it's deemed a cool thing to talk about. <laughs> I don't know. It's a compelling new world idea. The very title, tankless water tank, just it sells like a magic trick like where does it come from where does the hot water come from you know it's a gimmick but a great one so you have to be very careful one when you're actually advocating for reasons to get the water tank that you chose because you're actually telling them in that conversation we had to decide which one to do a water tank or a tankless water tank a uh, tankless water heater you know what i'm saying and normally they're like, whoa, that, that, that'll make everyone kind of lean in. That's interesting. So you made a decision, one person might say. They might ask. Yeah, we did. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, everyone. We ended up going with a water tank. And a lot of people will be like, well. And it's their shock for a second. You know, a lot of people look around. Depending on how large a group of people are there discussing tankless water tanks just having their small talk conversation and, the, and then we would tell them our reasons and then we have another joke coming up we got the anode rod joke because it's it just sounds so bizarre to say <laughs> it sounds like you're describing uh, a number of different objects at once and they're all sexual <laughs> and it ends with rod Yeah, we got the uh, the anal rod. We got a double, or, uh, or you know. But then node also sounds kind of like nude. It, it's also like a nodule. It's something itself is sort of like a you know a weird kind of genetic thing. So anyway, you you know you got a joke coming up. It's a double node anode rod injection, <laughs> uh, which is true. It's an injection mold magnesium anode rod so we got two of them double node anode rod injection and we know that we got the good joke there just waiting through it but this is the conversation we are stuck in forever and i wonder if i'm going to have those conversations when i get out of this i wonder about my own ability to socialize after this because certain things have been so much easier for me just because people are kind of painful for me. I've always said that, and I don't mean that in a boohoo. I can go and hang out with people. You know, I mean, I don't know if you listen to the show and think that it's partly because I tend to be uh, fun to talk with to the point where people 
say you have some sort of easy ability to talk. And what is funny though is I really hate being around people. It's very tough and it's not because I dislike people, it's because it's very painful for me and very physically painful almost. And so I'm basically just describing anxiety. It makes me very anxious around people. It's getting better over time, but I physically hurt from the anxiety of it. But, you know, I do it because I know it's psychologically healthy and I always get something good out of hanging out with people. But there is, it's like the, the more I'm around people, the more I kind of feel like, uh, it's like, uh, like imagine if two, uh, two live wires were to cross, there would be like shock in between them, you know? That's the way it feels for me to be around people. And so this has been great. This, I don't know, I, I mean, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of this experience. This, this experience does feel kind of like a blessing. Once it's done, I think we'll all have something to say in the way of a shared way. We experienced this together and that's kind of really cool. If you didn't survive it, that's not. And if you had somebody really dear to you that hasn't, that's not. So I'm not being glib. And if you're chronically ill due to the effects of surviving it, that is absolutely not cool either. I'm really sorry about that. But I don't know, just it's, it, it's been something to go through. So anyway, that's uh, what I learned is that a lot of people didn't get the, uh, a lot of people opted to upgrade to their tankless and that was a f thing to happen and a sad thing. And I'm sorry, I think most of them are out of uh, like a couple thousand dollars each. That sucks. Which brings me to this week's uh, <laughs> demo in a perfect transition. Uh, I wanted to do a show on the 1978 Mego talking robot today. And the 1978 Mego talking robot is a really cool toy from the 70s. And the robotic part of it is actually this incredibly cool math that was figured out to make eight track tapes into sort of choose your own adventure or answer the right question based on when you would press the eight track tape numbers, which would advance or move a tape. They were modified into being aesthetically robot buttons on a eight track player that looked like a robot. And each of those buttons that you would press four buttons one said question the other said yes the other said more and the other said no or true or info or false and the actual technology behind how this worked is really interesting the thing that was not a part of the robot was the voice itself that was a really weird voice guy the guy who actually invented the 2xl did the voices and if you've never heard him, he's weird as hell. He's not a robot. Thank you for turning me on. I am 2XL, and this program is called Who Said It? We will talk about famous sayings and famous people, and I will test your brain. Thank you for turning me on. <laughs> That's the kid. This program is a challenging program with games and puzzles. Right. So what we're going to do tonight, or what we'll do uh, later, is we will go through a thing called the 2XL emulator. And it's every one of these tapes. And I will do a better job of explaining exactly what the 2XL is 
and the math behind the tapes and how they worked but it's funny because the robot part was just a really bad voice actor so that was the robot part is just sort of a pre-designated recording of a guy sounding very jewish and uh nerdy and just fussy fussy and nerdy thank you for turning me on but the actual mechanics were the robotic part and the, just the decision of how to use a track tape in this creative way. And it's it takes a little bit to explain it, but I thought we would play along with the 2XL tonight. I don't know if you heard at the beginning of that was some really cool synthesizers. And so I kind of want to sample a bunch of those or loop them out, you know, uh, because those, those each have like these little bumps or intros, so we'll play with that in the demo. And then we're, we'll also conclude our Bruce Hack tribute by taking some of the MIDI files from last week and looping them and, and moving them around in some real synthesizers and just sort of take some Bruce Hack notes, you know, but, uh, but loop them around or do other things or maybe play a full song, who knows, but just see what happens with different envelopes and fuzzy noises and other kinds of strange synthesizer sounds with those melodies. And I think you'll be able to compare them to last week's very almost uh, piano, toy piano sounding sounds, you know, small piano sounds. I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. It'll be interesting to do. So we'll do that. That'll be the show. And then we'll have part 29 of Charlie Pickle. And you are listening to Spoken Word with Electronics. And I hope you make the right decision when your water heater dies. Something to think about (laughs) as we continue into a full year in the pandemic. When this uh, ends, what conversation are you going to be stuck having forever, for a while? It's probably going to be the pandemic. It'll probably be impossible for you to go to a party and have people not just sort of talk about it. That'll be wild. That'll be one wild hot water tank of a conversation. (laughs) Let me just set this joke up for the facts that you have on hot water heaters. So for the facts that you have on hot water heaters, you think you'd be really appreciated for what you can contribute or add in the conversation but I've found a lot of people in that instance are tankless. And I guess I'm tankful. Let's go into the Mego 2XL talking 8-track toy. Now for our demo and discussion. <laughs> 